Do you teach STEM, but you are exclusively in a code teaching or coaching role? Well, part of my role in the past included code teaching, along with teaching K-5 STEM specials, my longtime friend Becca has more extensive experience when it comes to this role. Becca co-teaches, plans, and coaches exclusively in her building for K-5 STEM, and you are going to take a lot of valuable information away from this episode when it comes to her role and lesson plan ideas. Likewise, if you are a classroom teacher and you are looking for ways you could co-teach and plan with an instructional coach in your building, she has some great takeaways for you as well. Becca McMillan is a STEM teacher and coach at a Title I elementary school in Colorado. After teaching in the classroom for nine years in all different grade levels, she took on this role as a new passion and challenge. For the past four years, Becca has taught K-5 STEM and also coaches teachers to integrate STEM into their classroom curriculum. She is in a unique, flexible role that allows her to meet the needs of her school community. Becca plans and co-teaches with teachers, which allows STEM to be applied in all content areas rather than just being an isolated subject. Becca believes that STEM education is more than just science, technology, engineering, and math. It is a mindset that provides engaging, real-world problem-solving experiences for students. I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. I adore Becca with all my heart, and I am so glad that you get to hear from her and all of her amazing experiences. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. Well, thank you, Becca, so much for being here today. We are on take two. We actually recorded this podcast a while back, and then (laughs) half of it didn't record, so it's going to be even better the second time. (laughs) And I'm so excited about this. I've known Becca for a long time. I don't know how long, maybe eight years. Sounds right. Yeah, we kind of knew about each other before we even met. So I worked with a girl at my first school who was getting her master's at the same time you were getting your master's. And so you two Mm -hmm. connected. And then I ended up applying to your school that you were working at to teach. Well, I really wanted to teach kindergarten and ended up getting third grade. But I got the interview and then my friend put two and two together. And then you had heard about me before. So then you talked to the principal at the time. And then I ended up getting a job. So I like, I remember I made you a plan book. Mm-hmm. And then we like okay. emailed or something and I made you a plan book and I gave you something else. But then we were friends ever since. <laughs> the rest is history. The rest is history. In the classroom, <laughs> out of the classroom. And we even taught exactly. together. <laughs> we did. So I am so excited to have you because you have such a unique role, even though we teach in the same district. Your role is so unique and so cool. So I think other people really resonate with what you do because I know not everybody has their own STEM classroom. They do more of what you do. So if you wouldn't mind telling us about yourself, your teaching background, and then how you stepped into your unique role in K-5 STEM. 
Yeah. So this is my 13th year in education. I have taught in the classroom. I've taught first, second, third, and fifth in the classroom as an elementary teacher. I did that for nine years. And then this opportunity for this STEM position became available at the school that I moved to after I taught with Naomi. The school that I'm currently at We had a technology class as part of our specials rotation, and that technology teacher was retiring, and my principal wanted to kind of add more of a STEM aspect to our school. So she transformed, I guess, the technology position into a STEM position, but we also had lower enrollment, so we didn't need four specials. So my principal's goal was to have kind of a STEM teacher slash coach role that could be flexible to make STEM more integrated into all of the content areas of the grade levels. So not in the specials rotation, but more flexible so that I was available to create projects with teams and with teachers as it became wanted and needed and based on what kids wanted to learn and do. So yeah, my position is awesome. I get, I feel really lucky, like you said, that it's very unique in the district, which comes with its challenges, um, but also is amazing. I love that at our school, STEM isn't necessarily an isolated subject. It's integrated and the kids get to do things with the content that they're learning in real life, problem solving, hands-on ways. So it's really fun to get to work with all of the teachers and all of the kids in the school to kind of bring us together, I guess. And I love it too. I know that from what you've told me, your principal is really supportive of STEM, which an innovation, which isn't always the case with admin. So you have a really great admin because she really fights for your position. And I know that you're a valuable asset in the school. It's so cool too. And we'll talk about some of the lessons that you do with the kids. But like you said, that they are integrated. And I feel like the lessons you teach are more authentic because a lot of times we'll see lessons just even on social media that, oh, we played with robots today. Good job. But really what you're doing is you're really looking at the standards. You're using that classroom experience. And then the lessons that you're doing are real. And you work in Title One too. So you've mm-hmm. gotten your kids to do some amazing things. And we've talked about this with other guests on the podcast, like having them shine in really unique ways. So with your co-teaching and your role, how does that work out when you're implementing lessons with the teachers? Do you have a set schedule? How do you set that all up with the teachers in your building? Yeah, so my schedule is hardly ever the same from day to day, (laughs) which I love most of the time because it keeps me on my toes. It's all based on need and want from the teachers and the kids. So Sometimes it's me knowing what content's coming up for teachers and suggesting trying something different, or it's sometimes it's teachers coming to me and say, hey, I have this unit coming up and I'm wanting to make it more engaging for the students. What are some ideas you have for that? And sometimes it's let's give some extra plan time to teachers who need it in a busy time of the year, like parent-teacher conferences. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So it's nice to be able to be flexible based on what our school community needs and wants. 
So one of the things that's been helpful is if I'm doing a project with teachers and they're wanting to try something new, it's helpful to have an extra adult Mm -hmm. in the classroom to make it feel less scary for the teacher and for the kids, because I think it is important to create a safe space where kids and adults can take risks and try new things that maybe they wouldn't have tried on their own. And so sometimes I'll even with a project, if there's a new tool that we need to learn or a tool to review, say we are using the robots in a project, I'll take the kids for an hour, give the teacher some time to breathe, review the tool with them, and then the teacher and I will co-teach our content together, which has been beneficial in many different ways for the teachers at my school and the kids. That's super smart too, because since you don't see them in a specialist rotation, they need a little bit of experience of just using the tool Mm -hmm. just as a tool. So that's really smart where you build that background, the expectations. So then the classroom teacher might not, may or may not know <laughs> those things. So then when you yeah. come back, you're like, hey, we, we are ready to jump right in. <laughs> We're yeah, ready to go. Exactly. And I know you've done something too, because you're also the tech person like me, where you manage the school-wide mm-hmm. technology. You did something really cool at lunchtime with the box light touchscreen boards. What did you do to help teachers with that? Yeah, we did a lunch and learn because as we know, sometimes time is hard to find for uh, teachers to meet because there's a lot happening. So we did at the beginning of the school year during our teacher work week, we had an hour long optional lunch and learn. We had just gotten new box light interactive panels for all of our classroom teachers. And that is something that they're using every day. So I knew they would need some direct instruction with that. So Naomi and I actually took a training together. And then I took what I learned and did a little more research based on what I knew teachers would need and created just a lunch and learn experience with a note catcher and I've organized it so that it would be easy for teachers to look at the notes mm-hmm. and remember what they needed to press or do mm-hmm. <laughs> to use yeah. the screen when I'm not there. So that was how we did that training. And uh, yeah, teachers are doing awesome with those interactive panels. Oh, and your slides were really, really good because I used them to help oh, train my you. staff and they were like, wait, go back <laughs> to that slide. So it was just very simple. Like you took screenshots, had little arrows, and it was really, really helpful. And you even helped yeah. teachers in my building. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know when I'm in a professional development and I take notes, I oftentimes do not remember what I meant if I'm just writing down scribbled notes. So I wanted it to be notes that teachers could take away and use later when they had the time. Oh, definitely. So with that, back to the lessons that you teach, have you had any favorites that you've taught in this role? I'm sure it's really hard to choose because you do a lot of cool stuff, but you mix it up too. Like, is there anything cool that you've done with your kids that you think other teachers would love hearing about? Yeah, definitely. Last year, my favorite project that I did with the fourth grade team, some of their new science standards, not necessarily new, but newish, the next generation science standards talk about learning about internal and external structures of a living creature that helps it to survive. Mm-hmm. So we did a project where the students first learned about lots of 
living things and what their internal and external structures were. And then their kind of culminating project was to create an imaginary creature that had structures that helped it to survive. And they went through the whole engineering design process of imagining solutions and creating a plan. And then we built out of recyclable materials their creature and they also used our hummingbird robotics, which are really cool. They come in servos or motors and different things that kids can then code to make their recyclable creation come to life. And then we hosted a zoo for the school so groups of kids could show off their creatures that they created and had their code ready to go so they could flap their wings or light up their eyeballs and explain how the creature protected itself and used its structures to survive. Getting overwhelmed with researching, planning, and teaching meaningful K-5 STEM lessons? It can be a lot of work, and I completely understand. When I walked into my brand new role at a brand new classroom with zero curriculum, over the years, I've been developing a K-5 STEM year-long plan that is rooted in standards, the engineering design process, and station rotations. In fact, don't just take it from me. Here's what other teachers are saying about these plans. Anne says, this was a very helpful resource for me as a new STEM teacher. I appreciate that I had activities for all grade levels. My students loved all of these lessons. Tara says, this resource is amazing. I love that these are challenges that have been tried in the classroom. One of the best things that I purchased. There are over 50 lessons already included in the bundle and it's growing. Everything new that is added, lessons and updates, you will always get for free when you purchase today. As a bonus, I included a free digital teacher plan book that is made specifically for K-5 STEM teachers who have a lot of classes and plans to manage every day. It's easy to edit and gives you enough blocks to write in, unlike most paper planners out there. Being a podcast listener, I am giving you an exclusive $30 off code for the entire K-5 STEM bundle. You can grab the bundle at naomimeredith.com slash K-5STEM and put in the code podcast K5 at checkout. Oh, I remember you showing me the videos. They're so yeah, cute. It was cute. And now what I love is younger students ask, like, when are we gonna do we get to do that in fourth grade? And are we gonna have our own zoo? So that's what I love. Was the coding part hard with that? Because I haven't tried the hummingbird robotics. I think last time <laughs> when we first recorded this, I was waiting to see if I got the grant. And Yay. I did. So I will get to try these out. Was that hard? Because we're used to building yeah. stuff, whatever, but you took it to the next step where they're actually building a robot. Like, was that a hard process for you? <laughs> it was. I remember taking a kit home of the robotics and trying to build something and then do my own code. And I eventually figured it out, but it is hard to learn something new. So I was a little nervous going into the project, not knowing everything. But then what was so cool was I didn't need to know everything. The kids, it's kind of an innate thing. I think for this generation, they figure it out. And before each day of creating, we would gather all the fourth graders in the library and have groups share what they learned about coding the hummingbird robotics. And then they would become 
the experts. So I remember one group figured out how to make their creature make noise. And so then they were the experts to go help other kids if they wanted to do that with their creature. Oh, that's so smart because it wasn't like, oh, you are like, you know how some teachers like, oh, you're, you're the one kid who knows all the tech stuff. Like you had it just very differentiate itself. Like, oh, you figured it out. All right, go ask this kid. Like it's more on the spot because you never know who's going to learn it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's so good. I'm gonna have to steal some of those pictures and videos to put in the show notes for this because it's hard to visualize what Mm -hmm. you're talking about, but it's super, super cool. Like it's really cool what they did with their animals. And I know your little kids, they're not there yet. What have you done with your little kids? That's been a cool project. Yeah. Something that is happening right now, which I am really excited about is one of our second grade teachers, she was hoping to find more of an authentic audience for her kids with their writing. That's one of our school-wide goals is to help kids grow in writing. And she also, one of her personal goals is to use Seesaw in more authentic ways. And so she reached out asking what my suggestions were. So we and something I had always wanted to try and never had was connect using the Seesaw blog with another classroom somewhere else outside of Colorado. And it just so happened that the writing that they were doing at the time was descriptive essays about Colorado. So we were imagining that it would be really cool to connect with a class outside of Colorado. And that's an authentic audience of teaching them about where we live. And then hopefully they would teach us about where they lived. So I posted on the Seesaw Ambassador Facebook group, just hoping to find someone that would want to connect. And the teacher that ended up reaching out is a teacher in Tanzania. And so she actually, yeah, so she is actually from Colorado and moved out there and teaches third grade in Tanzania. And so now the Seesaw blogs are connected and they just happen to also be writing informational text about Tanzania. And so it just worked out really cool. The kids (laughs) read their descriptive essays in front of a green screen and then they picked a Colorado background. So that was how they published their writing. And then we posted it on Seesaw for their pal to listen to. And they also did an introduction of themselves. So that's been a fun way to integrate writing and technology and global citizenship and building relationships. So, Yeah. And that's a real authentic audience because I talk about Seesaw all the time in this podcast, but we know with Seesaw, it's usually their peers, their parents, and their teacher who can see it, which is really great. But it's someone who's their age across the world. And I bet that would motivate kids who have a hard time staying motivated with writing. It might not be their favorite, but they know that someone their age far, far away is going to hear it and they have to produce something because they're going to produce something for them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're loving it. They're learning about Tanzania now too, which I don't think they ever would have before and connecting with people that and kids their age that actually live there. That is so cool. That is amazing. Making the world a smaller place. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. (laughs) 
And I know like you're super connected in your school too. I mean, it's super cool that you're in the classrooms all the time. I know you co-teach with a PE teacher and that you've even started like a kind of, it's brought your whole school community all together. Like even having that authentic audience. Tell me more about what you've been doing this school year. I talked you into it. (laughs) But you've been loving it. (laughs) Yes. So Naomi was my inspiration to start a school-wide news broadcast. Naomi is doing the same at her school. So we have a performing arts teacher this year instead of a music teacher, which has been really cool for our school as well. And she was on board with starting the news broadcast as well because that's in her wheelhouse. And so it was nice to go into it having a partner to do that with. And Mm -hmm. we've become this team where she organizes the kids to record the news. And then I edit with now some help of the kids. We're slowly putting more responsibility on the kids to do all of the recording jobs and the editing jobs. And what I love is that it is really bringing our school community together. We started out on recording teachers to do the news. Mm -hmm. And it's been (laughs) hilarious. Just seeing the younger kids know the older kids' teachers and vice versa. We were having teachers do book recommendations. And I've seen multiple times kids who aren't in that grade level go to that teacher and ask to borrow their book. So that's been really heartwarming. We've come up with some quirky segments. We just started (laughs) uh, Would You Rather Wednesday. And two of our fifth grade teachers are hilarious and (laughs) give us all kinds of bloopers. But They did our first Would You Rather Wednesday, and it's just an authentic way of also getting kids to talk about their opinions, kind of a little debate, which is only going to help their writing as well, and Mm -hmm. bring their classes together to talk about those topics. And yeah, it's been fun, and kids are begging to be on the news. They're (laughs) part of it, so it's just been strengthening our school community even more, and it's been really fun to be on the other side of it and connect people in that way too. Oh, totally. It's one of the most favorite clubs I've ever done. And I've done clubs my first year teaching. And it's like one of those things where you're building the airplane while it's flying. I started it last year. And like when I was telling him like, well, we tried this and then this. I mean, you probably see the same thing. I'll have to do a whole podcast episode about how to set it up. But yeah, it's pre-recorded, not live. Mm -hmm. You do Mm pre-recorded also. Um, Mm -hmm. which I highly recommend just thinking about your time. I feel like when you do things live, it's just something's bound to not work, but it's so fun. And it's such a cool thing too in your role. It's almost like having your own class again. Have you Mm -hmm. felt that way? (laughs) Yeah, because now I have my editing kids. They come down at their lunch and recess time on our certain days. And even if I have a class in the makerspace or I'm doing a project, they still know where to find me and they can sit and do their editing work while I am doing what I need to do. And so that's been a nice way of building independence for them too and our little crew. And they're really proud to be on that editing crew. And then same with the kids who report the news as well. Oh yeah. It's living their YouTube dreams. Exactly. (laughs) Even though it's not on YouTube and they're living it out. Exactly. 
So I know that, I mean, with any role, like it's not all perfect and beautiful. Everything has their challenges. Is there any advice that you would give to somebody who might be in a similar role to you or anything that surprised you since it can be a little bit scary working Mm -hmm. with teachers and then making the connections with kids? What would you say to someone who's doing something like you or wants to get started? in that role. Yeah, I think with any big change, it's important to just start small and grow from there. When you're doing anything new, like I've leaned on Naomi a ton and other people that are in similar positions. And I think that's super important. Reach out to people who have similar mindsets that you can learn from and grow from and then put your own twist on things and be inspired by other professionals. I would say that in a role like mine, it was really important to capitalize on teachers and students who were already ready to try new things and to get on the STEM bandwagon and share the strengths and the successes that we've had to inspire other people to take those risks and try new things as well. That's how it's spread at my school. So that would be my advice in a similar position. But with anything, if it's a big change or something new, I think that's important to start with the positive and then it will spread like wildfire. Oh, I think so. I mean, you're doing a great job. And like I said, your principal wants to keep you and does everything she can to keep you around. So I know that you're doing a great job. And like I said, I love seeing the pictures and videos you send me or text me. We always text about all sorts of that stuff, but I love the STEM stuff, especially. (laughs) Because it's just so exciting to see what you're doing and just you have a really cool role. So I think your advice is really good for people because it can be Like, I don't know, some teachers might not like to be told what to do, but you're not someone who tells people what to do. You're very good at collaborating and meeting them where they're at. So I think you're the perfect person for the role with your growth (laughs) mindset and willing to try new things all the time. So yeah, you're great advice. Thank you. Yeah. So if teachers wanted to connect with you, what would be the best way they could reach out if they have any questions? They could reach out to me on Instagram at Becaroni and Cheese 22. I'm happy to get any emails too. We're welcome to email me. Yeah, I'm happy to connect. Perfect. Well, I'm sure you will be hearing from some people. <laughs> and I know they got a lot of good ideas too from the lessons you talked about. And I'll grab some pictures from you too, okay. especially with those hummingbirds. Those are super cool. Yeah. But thank you so much again for take two. It all worked out. People would have never known. (laughs) This is the second time. (laughs) But I appreciate your time. And I'll have to have you come back and talk about some other things. I know there's something else I want to ask you about in another episode. That would be great. great. Deal. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Becca. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementary STEM coach podcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, NaomiMeredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.